Triple G versus Canelo, part two. It's the cipher, y'all. Canelo Alvarez landed Triple G his first L in another action-packed fight. It was a great fight. I thought it played out a lot like the first fight. What was interesting in this fight was is that Canelo came forward more. He took the fight to Triple G. Having said that, I watched the fight, and I thought that while Canelo was effective going to the body and he was aggressive because he was the one applying the pressure, I thought the story of the fight, for the most part, was Triple G's jab. I thought Triple G's jab controlled the fight. But there were times when Triple G had Canelo in trouble, and rather than wade into territory and, and take some blows to deliver the blows, he seemed to ward off. I thought a couple of times Triple G had an opportunity to really get after Canelo and rather than be aggressive and go inside and brawl with him, he'd step away. And I know some people say that's just being smart. I think sometimes as a champion, you've got to be able to impose your will on your opponent. I don't think Triple G lost the fight. I actually thought this fight, the way this fight played out over the course of 12 rounds, this fight was the fight that actually felt like a draw. That's the strange thing. Anybody that saw the first fight between these two great fighters, if you're objective, Triple G won that fight. It was no controversy. He out and out won that fight. And yet that was the fight they called a draw. Last night's fight, as well as Canelo fought, and I thought he fought better than the first fight, but not good enough to win. I thought that fight was the draw or even give Triple G the close decision. To me, the way I view boxing is, you don't win by giving the champ a great fight or fighting him even. You win by knocking him out or dominating him. And that's not what happened. I thought Triple G has every right to be angry. It was a close fight. I didn't think he lost, but it's no secret. This just sets up fight number three. Having said that, the way I view boxing, and it's no secret a lot of people see what I see, it's one of the reasons why, as much as I enjoy it, I always keep it kind of like at an arm's length because at the end of the day, boxing is the dirtiest sport in the history of sports. Some of the decisions make no sense. There is no justification for some of them. If you look at back, back at some of the fights of the past, look at Pernell Whitaker versus Chavez. Destroyed him. The entire fight destroyed him. Dominated him. And he lost that decision. Look at Pacquiao versus Timothy Bradley. He destroyed him. And somehow he lost a decision. I thought that Oscar De La Hoya versus Chavez De La Hoya, De La Hoya clearly, clearly won that fight and he got robbed. This happens over and over and over again in boxing. As recently as the first fight between these two fighters, between Triple G and Canelo. And some would say last night as well. I thought it should have been a draw or you could have gave the edge to Triple G, 
But I'm not going to hate on Canelo because I thought he fought a good fight. And I thought that he was the aggressor. I also thought that he ate jabs all night long. Let's transition into the NBA. So what's new in the NBA? We already know the situation with Russ. Yes, Russell Westbrook had another procedure on his knee. And it's the fourth one. Russ is an all-time great. He is the most explosive, most athletic, maybe not just point guard, but player. A candidate for that anyway in the history of basketball. But because so much of his game is dependent upon his incredible athleticism and quickness, if you're OKC, you have to be concerned. Russ is turning 30. And while I know he's bounced back from the other procedures, Father Time is undefeated. And as much as we, the fans, love Russ' balls-out approach, the way he attacks like no other, you also have to realize that that approach is not going to sustain him for the next five years. He's got to find a way to refine his skills, refine his game. Russ is one of the bigger, stronger point guards. I think he should spend more time in the post. I should also think that he also needs to play more off the ball. He needs to find a way to get easier buckets and put less strain and stress on his knees. I'm a big fan of Russ. Love him. No question he's a top 10 player. But I also think while he's a top 10 player, he's a difficult player to win a championship with if he is your best player. I think the best thing for Russ, whether it's with OKC or another franchise, if he truly wants to win a title, he's got to go play with someone who's as good or better than he is. And he's got to recognize that and learn to share the basketball more. I'm a fan of Russ. I'd love to see him play another five years. I don't think that's going to happen unless he dials it back a little and alters his playing style. In other NBA news, in an article by ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, Jimmy Butler is going to meet with Tibbs, the president of basketball operations, as well as his coach, to discuss his future with the Timberwolves. What that translates to me is when you want to meet in September, in the middle of September, that's I want to be traded. I want to be moved or I want someone else to be moved if I'm to stay with this franchise. And I think if Tom Thibodeau doesn't get a handle on this situation, if he doesn't somehow somehow try to mend his fractured locker room, Tom Thibodeau is going to lose his job. Maybe Jimmy Butler will get moved, but I think Tibbs will be moving along himself. When you look at how the Timberwolves season played out last season, I thought there was a fracture when they added Jimmy Butler to the young core. When you look at Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, and then you added Butler, and I think Carl Anthony Towns saw himself as not just a franchise player and the number one option. He saw himself as the guy to take the Timberwolves to that next level. When they brought in Jimmy Butler... And I understand why you bring in a player like Jimmy Butler, a leader, consistent, his worth his work ethic can't be questioned. You maybe you think that rubs off on the younger players, but I think in some ways it fractured the locker room because I think Carl Anthony Towns became the second option. He became the wingman to Jimmy Butler. And and maybe it, it affected Andrew Wiggins because then suddenly he became the third option. And look at some of the other moves. 
Tibbs has already had Tosh Gibson on the roster. He added Derrick Rose to the roster. He already has Jimmy Butler. And last week they added Luel Dang. He's putting the old band back together. The problem with putting the old band back together is I think it breeds mistrust with the with the younger core. I'm not sure the direction that Tibbs is trying to take the franchise in. I think it's important to have a veteran presence in the locker room. Guys like Gibson, Luol Dang are known as great locker room presence, hardworking guys that will do whatever it takes to win. But then you add in the combination of Rose and Butler and their relationship with Tibbs, and maybe it offsets the relationship that he could or should have with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. I think before the trade deadline, either Jimmy Butler's got to go or Carl Anthony Towns has got to go. But I'm, I guarantee you this, both will not be members of the Timberwolves by the trade deadline. Guys, we're going to get back into our Sports Illustrated Top 100 NBA Players Countdown tomorrow. We're at number 30. That's DeMar DeRozan. In, in a really crazy story that, that makes no sense, former Pistons Jason Maxill revealed to his wife on TV that he'd slept with over 341 women before and during his marriage. I don't understand why you would do something like that. That's like the cruelest and harshest way to ask for a divorce I've ever heard of. Because when you reveal something like that to me, that's saying I'm ready to get divorced. When you do something like that, that's saying I don't really value you. What kind of dude does that? What kind of person does that? That's just insane. I, I know we don't say get into another man's business, but dude, if you want to be private, that's something that you need to settle between you and your wife. And really, after that reveal, I'm assuming she'll be your ex-wife at some point and good for her. Hey, Facebook fam, hit me up. I got a lot of your inboxes. I got a lot of your responses. I'm going to get to some of those tomorrow. Not all of them. We'll split it up between Monday and on Friday. We'll talk about the results of Sunday or today's NFL games. And we'll do a little bit more NBA because the preseason is right around the corner. Maybe get your responses to the fight last night between Triple G and Canelo. And we'll, we'll chop it up. Hopefully H will join us. If not, We'll find a way to keep a, keep each other entertained. You know it. It's the cipher. Next time.